0: James Robinson uh, and his team asked me if I would come on their program and teach on giving because I teach give to give, not give to get. And they said it's the most balanced message we've ever heard. And if you could, if you could, uh, could you write a book? Uh, because uh, it, a lot of people would like to read and not just listen to the, the CDs or the, the tapes, you know. And uh, I said, sure, um, You know, when do you need the book? They said, about a month. (laughs) Uh, And so I went away and dictated The Blessed Life in in three days in a tape recorder because it's it's been in my heart for years. It's been something Debbie and I've been living and I've been preaching and teaching for years. The Blessed Life now, the book, um, uh, millions of copies. Uh, I've been told 30 something languages around the world. I've given all the royalties away to this book. Uh, we've been blessed from other books. You, you know that. I don't ever try to hide that from you, that we've been very blessed financially from royalties. But we all this book, we the first one, we gave it to the Lord. Matter of fact, all the royalties have come to Gateway Church. And so um, it's been, it's, it's just God uses it all over the world. Here's the reason, because there's truth in this book that will change your life, I promise you. And it'll change your marriage. It'll change your family. It'll change your health it'll change your relationships, and it'll change your job, it'll change your life. It's a blessed life, not a blessed pocketbook or a blessed wallet. It's a blessed life. So, look here at Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. It says, judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, I just want to ask you a simple question. Uh, Is the word money anywhere in those two verses? No. And and the context is judging. Don't judge or you'll be judged. Okay? Now, I want us to commit to short-term memory, the first phrase and the last phrase. And I'd like you to just say it after me. Judge not and you will not be judged. Great. This is all the campuses and all the churches by Samuel Cast. All right, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Say that. Now flip over to Luke six. Okay. Now let's say them one more time. Judge not, and you will not be judged. With the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Okay. Look at the first sentence of verse thirty-seven. Luke 6, 37, judge not and you will not be judged. No, you don't have to say it, I'm sorry. Thank you, thank you though, okay. Uh, And then look at the last sentence of verse 38. For with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Okay, I want you to understand this is the parallel passage, but I wanna show you a verse in the middle that in my opinion, many times the context is not understood. Okay, so Luke 6, 37 and 38. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Now look at verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put in your bosom. For, with the same measure used, it will be measured back to you. Now, let me just make a statement, and this might shock you. The word money does not appear in those verses. And yet most of the time when we hear Luke six thirty-eight, we think about money. As a matter of fact, when we think about the word give, we think money. I was being interviewed by a magazine a while back and they, they said, how often do you preach on giving? And I said, every week. They said, you preach on giving every week? And I said, yes. I think what you meant to ask me was how often do I preach on giving money? And that's about every three years. Every three years, I do a series on stewardship and generosity. But you didn't ask me how often to I preach on giving money. You asked me how often to I preach on giving. I can't preach on grace and not talk about giving because God so loved the world, He I can't preach on marriage and not preach on giving because a marriage will not work if you're not givers, if both people aren't givers. And again, not finances, not giving. You understand what I'm saying? This this applies to every area of our life. That's what we have to understand. Giving is about the heart. Here's the title of the message. I should have given it to you earlier, but the title is, it's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Some people say, well... You know, they're after my money. Let me explain something to you. Yes, God is after your, not the church. God is after your money because he's after your heart. And your heart is connected to your wallet. I, I guarantee you, I've seen it. There's a string from your heart to your wallet. Because I have watched people when they start to reach back, oh, and it just, <laughs> it hurts. If God can get your wallet, listen to me, he can get your heart. And I'm not the one that said it. Jesus said, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your heart follows your treasure. You put your treasure in a stock, you put some money in a stock, you'll start going on the internet checking to see how that stock's doing, and you never checked it before. And you never cared about it before, but you care about it now because your treasure's there. Are you following me? You want your treasure in the kingdom? You, put, you want your heart in the kingdom, you put your treasure in the kingdom. Okay, so it's a hard issue because he's talking in these verses about judgment, condemnation, and forgiveness. Don't judge or you'll be judged. Don't condemn or you'll be condemned. Don't, and then he says, forgive and you'll be forgiven. And then he says, give. Okay, what's he saying though? Give judgment and judgment will be given back to you. And here's the part I don't hear a lot of preaching on. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will men give judgment back to you. For with the same measure you give judgment, you'll get judgment back. That's the context of these verses. Judgment, condemnation, and forgiveness. Now, you can apply it to other areas because of the laws of sowing and reaping. If you give a seed, you don't just get back one seed, you get back a, a tree or a plant with many seeds. And that's the way God is. So whatever you give, you're going to get more back. So it'd be better to give good things than bad things because you're going to get more of it back, whatever it is. I was counseling with a lady one time, and she was a single mother, and she didn't have anywhere to leave her kids. And so she brought her kids, and we just let them. I said, please come anyway. And she just left them with the, the, uh, my assistant. We left the door open there, and uh, I was talking to her. And here's literally this, is what she said. She said, my, my kids yell at me. She said, they yell at me. I, I don't know why. And then she did this. Y'all stop talking out there. <laughs> I don't know why they yell at me. I said, Luke 6:38, give yelling, and yelling will be given back to you. Good measure, Preston. Okay, all right. Now, if you can flip Deuteronomy 15. How, how are you going to develop a heart of generosity? Well, way back, Deuteronomy 15, God tells us what we need to do, four things we need to do, because it's all about the heart, all right? So, Deuteronomy 15, look at verses 7 and 8. If there is among you a poor man of your brethren, within any of the gates in your land which the Lord your God is giving you, notice God's giving you the land, by the way, notice the word giving. You shall not harden your heart, it's about your heart, nor shut your hand from your poor brother, but you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly, that would be about your heart, lend him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. Okay, so there are four things that we need to do if we're gonna become generous givers. Here's number one, deal with a selfish heart. Deal with a selfish heart. Look at verse nine, Deuteronomy 15, verse nine. Beware lest there be a wicked thought in your heart. Notice heart again. Saying the seventh year, the year of release is at hand and your eye be evil against your poor brother and you give him nothing. And he cry out to the Lord against you and it become sin among you. Notice selfishness is wickedness in God's eyes and it becomes sin. Now here's what he's saying. He's saying, um, now when your brother comes and asks to, to borrow from you, uh, you, you, you open your hand and willingly lend to him. You, you, you open your heart to him. But don't let there be this wicked or selfish thought in you that says, man, this is the, the year of Jubilee. That means all debts will be canceled. In other words, if he came and said, hey, I need to borrow some money, my crops were bad this year, and, and you thought, you know what? Six more months is the year of Jubilee. If he can't pay me back in six months, then, then uh, I have to cancel this debt. See, God implemented an economic system where all debts were canceled every seven years. How many of you would like to re-implement that (laughs) economic system, okay? So if you thought, you know, I'm not going to do this because he might not be able to pay me back. You know what God said, don't do that. Don't think that way. And here's what he called it. He calls selfishness, wickedness. He's dealing, he's telling the people of Israel, this, I don't want you to do. this stuff. I want you to be generous like I'm generous. Yeah, let me ask you a question. I asked a Bible college class this one time. Um, why did God create giving? You ever thought about that? Because God did. It's, it's, it's all through God's work. So why did God invent or create giving? And the overwhelming answer was to support his work. And I said to them, I want you to think about this. I said to these, these college students, I said, do you really think? I want you to think about this. Because it's funny to me. Do you really think that God needs your money to support his work? I mean, it, uh, you know, uh, it, is the light bill, you know, in heaven... Uh, you know, too big for God. they running out of gold for the streets. I mean, cattle on a thousand hill, he's running out of cow. I mean, you know what? God needs you. No, listen, God did not create giving for his sake. He created giving for your sake. Giving more than any other activity that a believer does works selfishness and greed out of our lives. This is why I don't like much of the preaching I hear on giving because it's give to get. Giving, you'll get, Giving, you'll get. And let me tell you what that does. It actually works selfishness and greed back in your life. And what do you, how do you think God feels when, when, when a preacher preaches, give and you'll get, Giving, you'll get, and people say, well, I want to get. So I'm going to give. I wonder if God is thinking, well, this is great. All of my people are catching the revelation of getting. No, we need to catch the revelation of giving. Now, I do wanna say um, it drives selfishness out of our lives. We have to deal with a selfish heart. I do wanna just say, just for a moment, ladies, that there's an area of selfishness that men never grow out of. (laughs) I just want you to know, okay? We do not want to share our food. And for some reason, you want our food. And I don't, I don't understand it. And we do not want to share our food. The very first time, Pastor Tom and Jan Lane sitting on the front row, Jan said, I knew you were going to say this, sitting right there. The very first time I went to dinner with them, I, we were going around the table ordering. I ordered and Jan said, oh good, I've been wanting to try that. I, I never even met the woman, and she wanted to eat off my plate. <laughs> and I said, well, you better order some, because that's the only way you're gonna get any. <laughs> Think about it, come on. What does every woman say when you're at the drive-thru? What does every woman say? You say, well, would you like something? No, I just have some of yours. No, you won't. I'll buy you two orders of fries, but you're not getting any of my fries. And the fries that fall in the bottom of the bag are mine too. So point number one is deal with a selfish heart. I don't know if that's directed just to the men or to all of us, all right? Here's number two, deal with a grieving heart. Grieving heart. Now he's talking about money, he's talking about giving. Verse 10, you shall surely give to him, give to him, and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him because for this thing, watch, for this thing, giving with the right heart, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works. That's amazing. And in all to which you put your hand. If you learn to give from the heart with the right heart, God will bless you in everything you do. That's what he just said. See, we need to understand this is a heart issue, but selfishness attacks us before we give and grief attacks us after we give. You ever given a large amount or made a commitment and then something breaks and the enemy comes immediately and says, see, you shouldn't have done that. He comes in. And, then, and grief, because we gave. And you know, I'm sitting here. Here I am preaching this message and I had this thought just, go through my mind. And after 30 years of preaching, I ought to know to just let the thought go on by. But here's the thought I had. I just thought to myself, I, I'm going out to eat after the service and, and I, don't, I don't have any cash. I just had that thought just go through my mind. You know, I'm just. Oh, wow, wow look, $100. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna start saying those thoughts more often. Um, Okay, no, let's, let's talk about that for a minute, all right? Why, when I said, I, I don't have any cash, why did David get up that fast and give it to me? Let me tell you why. Because I gave it to him before the service. <laughs> it's my hundred dollars. <laughs> okay, now, he's not grieving that he gave. You're not grieving, oh, you are a little? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not grieving because, why? Because it was mine. See, see, the reason that we grieve after we give is because we thought it was ours. And the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So when we give back to God what is already his, then we don't grieve over it. So, deal with the grieving heart. Here's number three. Develop a generous heart. Develop a generous heart. Look at verse 14. You shall supply him liberally, generously from your flock. Watch, from your threshing floor and from your wine press. Now watch this. From what the Lord has blessed you with, you shall give to him. God wants us to be Generous. We were born selfish. We are born again generous. We just have to renew our minds. You think about it. You really want to be generous. Now, we we read Luke 6 a moment ago. If we were to go back and read the context again and back up a little more, and we're not going to do that right now, but you can do that. You go back to around verse 30. Here's what it says. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes your coat, give him this too. And it's just the whole context is lend to people even hoping not to receive anything in return. What he's doing is dealing with the heart. It's the the first thing we have to try to teach our children. I want you to think about that. What do you have to try to teach your children That is so hard to teach your children? Share. Share. No, we share. And what happens? A little neighbor boy comes over to play, and the neighbor boy picks up a toy. What does your boy do? Drops the toy he's playing with, runs over and says, I was playing with that. I was playing with that. Right? And the neighbor boy said, okay. So he goes over and picks up something else. That your boy runs over. I was playing with that too. I was playing with that too. Do you realize what God is saying to all of his children? When are you going to grow up? When are you going to grow up? When are you going to become like your father? That's so loved that he gave. You know, I heard a story of my uh, son Josh and daughter-in-law Hannah told me a while back they have two children Grady who's seven and Willow who's four and they got in the car Hannah picked them up from church and Willow said mommy did you know that there was a woman in the Bible that only had two pennies and she gave both of them to God and Hannah said yeah that's that's a wonderful story and Willow said I want to give something to God So Hannah said, Well, pray and ask the Lord what He wants you to give. And so you could see her. She closed her eyes. Hannah was watching her in the mirror. You know, she closed her eyes. She did like this, and then she said, What? (laughs) (laughs) And then she said, Little baby? No, not little baby. Oh, Betty baby. Oh, yeah, you can have Betty, baby. I don't like her. <laughs> okay, that's cute. That's kids learning about giving. But at some point, you got to grow up. some point, you say, Lord, what do you want me to give? And you say, that's great. That's what I'll do. That's what I'll do. So we want to develop a generous heart. Here's number four. Develop a grateful heart. Develop a grateful heart. Back in Deuteronomy 15, look at verse 15. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. Then he says this, therefore, I command you this thing today. You know what he's saying? I command you to be generous. I'm commanding you. And you know on the authority that I'm commanding you? It's that everything you have came from me. You need to remind yourself every now and then that you are slaves. You know, every now and then I get a reminder. I leaned over to John and to David right before I came up and told him because it happened to me yesterday. It was hard going to sleep last night. I knew the enemy was trying to attack me too because this series was beginning. But Debbie got an email from a friend of ours we went to high school with, and she said, you know, loved the first conference, watched on the internet, all this, but hate to bring bad news, but we've lost two more of our class members. She named two guys, both guys I did drugs with. One of the guys I started on drugs. And she, one of the guys died from a drug overdose, another guy committed suicide. I'm lying there last night thinking, Thank you, God, for redeeming my life out of that. For redeeming me from that type of a lifestyle. These guys now, 35 years since high school, and still, what a horrible life they must have had for 35 years. Thank you, God. You know, the Lord just reminds me it's not hard for me to give. You understand? I didn't have anything. I was a slave you you didn't have anything either no matter what you had you didn't have anything if you didn't have Christ a while back a pastor and his wife were uh, had heard me share our testimony on giving and in this series I'll share our testimony and giving and by God's grace Debbie and I've been able to give like many cars to people we were able to give our first home away Uh, We've just been able to give very extravagantly, and we love to do that. And I shared that testimony in the church, and we went to dinner with this pastor and his wife, and the wife said to Debbie, I have a question for you. And, And both of us knew the question because we've heard it many times. She said, how did you feel when your husband said he wanted to give away your house? And Debbie said, I felt great. I felt great. She said, you have to remember that Robert and I were married before he got saved. And every time he's wanted to give something extravagantly, I think, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for my new husband. And then the pastor asked her a question she'd never been asked. He said, why do you think that Robert is so generous? And I'm I'm not trying to set myself up as an example. I know many, many people are very generous. But he said, why do you think that, I mean, he just has given so extravagantly retirement, savings, all these things over the years. Why do you think he's so generous? A tear came down her cheek and she said, because he's never gotten over getting saved. He's never forgot where he came from. And he knows that everything we have came from the Lord. Wow.
1: It's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. This series is called Treasure because the Bible says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I just thought that right here in our very own home, our family, sometimes we, we think that this message is for the spiritually elite, right? And I just want to give an opportunity for... Those that come to this church to share their story, and and by the grace of God, I don't I don't ask these things, but people, one of the privileges that I get, people come and share with me their story of generosity. And um, in, in a couple of minutes, I want you, in a couple of minutes, Yvette is going to share her story of generosity, how God ministered to her. So why don't you help me welcome? Now, uh, help me welcome Yvette. Come on, Yvette, let's give it. Hey! And uh, can, can we bring out a mic for Yvette? And um, Yvette has been coming to our church community now uh, for about a year. And and I praise God for her life because, um, you know, one time a, a brother came up to me and said, Pastor Ro, what can I do to get more involved in the church? I said, you see that young lady right there? Just do what she's done. Because in a year, she has... Uh, completed growth track, signed up for Matrix, in community groups, serving on a team. I mean, she's knowing God, finding freedom, discovering your purpose, and making a difference within a span of a year. Um, Yvette, why don't you take a few moments and, and share with our church. She's amazing, by the way. It might be, it looks might be deceiving, but I still am taller than her. and um, And I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for surrendering your life to Jesus. She actually, bap, she was baptized spontaneously. She full, fully clothed, jumped into the, the water, and just an amazing story. And then she, she just said, Pastor well, I this amazing thing happened to me. And I, and I just said, man, that's not from my ears to ear alone. I want you guys to hear this. And again, in a couple of minutes, she's just going to share these, these awesome, this awesome testimony of, of this story of generosity. One more time, let's give it up for Yvette.
2: Thank you, Pastor O. I just have my notes on me to keep me concise. So long story short, last year between uh, end of November and December, God pretty much had me give away all of my savings. And it wasn't all in one shot. It was in increments. And for example, he'd wake me up at 5 a.m. with a person and what to do. And so I did it. And now with finances tight, I was put in the predicament of, okay God, like, do I harden my heart of generosity? Do I stop all the things that, you, that I was planning on doing? And you know, God with the suave reply, he was just like, I don't know why he does that in my mind, but he was like, <laughs> so you would do it knowing you have it? You have me, so you have it. Wow. And the moral of the story isn't to give away all of your savings, like savings are important, like stewardship, important. <laughs> but I think the question is, if God asks you to give him back everything he gave you, would you do it? Do you trust him enough? And I felt like that's what he was asking me. And then Ruach, Holy Spirit homie, helped me out and hit me with the parable of the gold coins where it was 10 servants and two of them invested, he gave a coin to 10 servants, two of them invested it and got more profit. One of them hid it in a handkerchief and You know, I find it crazy how it never stated what the other seven servants did. And I thought, you know, it's probably so that we don't use that parable to limit our limitless God in the infinite possible situations that he can put us in. Like giving away all your savings. (laughs) So we don't know about those other seven. But what we do know is that two of them help bring honor to their master's agenda and invest in the growth of his kingdom. And in honoring my heavenly father, I had to do that. I had to remove that money as my crush because if I'm being honest, it was a backup in case Jehovah Jireh wanted to put me in a situation that I was uncomfortable with and didn't want to follow and wanted to get my own way out of it. But he peeped it and he called me out of it. He called me out on it. And the crazy thing is, I didn't even realize that I was doing it. The same way that I don't always realize when a strand of hair falls out of my head I didn't realize that that heart shift was happening, but you know what, thank God he's the refiner because he caught it and he gave me the opportunity to correct it, and so I did what he asked, and then came the trials, they messed up my payroll, it was crazy, you know, but (laughs) I kept the faith, and I told him that if you're letting me in this fiery furnace, then I know that you're with me and that you got this. God, I did what you asked then. Towards the end of January, I had a general meeting with my bosses. And they gave me a salary increase. Come on. Come on. And this story is still in progress because the numbers aren't fully balancing to what I visibly find comfortable. But, <laughs> you know, what? I think that's the point. <laughs> like, Because no matter what the circumstance looks like, he's the one who I'm supposed to trust in. And just like those two servants who he gave a coin to, and he asked for the report back, what did you do? Oh, you honored me? Here's more than what you had. Trust in God to do the same thing for you.
1: Wow. You don't always know the path, but you
2: know the provider.
1: You know when you leave someone hanging with a dap? She let me hang with a hug. Like, I was just mid-hug. Like, you can't even recover from that. A dap? You can't. you be like. Let's give it up for you, vet. One more story as the worship team comes up and uh, we get ready to worship. Um, worship team come up. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, someone that's also been coming to our church for approximately a year. Approximately a year, and, and I'm so this church really encourages me. I mean, it really does because we we have such a generous church. There's about 35 to 40 percent of the people that come to Kuhao. So we have about 120 people. 20, uh, 35 to 40 percent of the of our church gives um, and tithes, believes in the tithe, and actually uh, honors God with the first 10 percent. And uh, last week we covered about what God is calling you to do. At the end of the day, the number one place that we need to trust God is in our finances. And I genuinely believe is the number one indicator that we trust him is with our finances. When we can trust God with our finances, let me tell you, we can go- trust God with anything. And sometimes we're not ready for the anything because we haven't first started with our finances. And um, I'm going to ask Brother Marlin, who uh, one of the... He shared with me this, this story, and I thought it was amazing because, number one, he's been serving God for some time. But it really, as he came to the church, he's like, man, I, that's the first time I've been faithful in my giving. So Marlon, this handsome young man, um, also Lisa's baby daddy. But uh, the, that, that, uh, that's besides the point. But uh, Marlon, would you be able to share your story on, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. I envisioned this like ten times, but would you share your story on tithing?
3: Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Actually, I introduced them. So, if you love cool you should guys you guys should thank me because I introduced them.
1: <laughs> guys, let's get up and worship. I'm caught up in this.
3: So yeah, this was about this is about tithing, right? Tithing, tithing. Yes. So I um so I was sharing with Pastor recently about the whole tithing that is has been something that I've because we haven't been taught how to tithe correctly our entire lives, and because we've been taught that God really doesn't need our money, as the preacher was talking about today, we've allowed that, or I've allowed that to enslave my mind with the tithing, but. A lot of times, what happens is we pray to God, God, if you give me more money, I'll be able to tide. And what happens is God does allow us to make more money. And what happens is our gadgets get bigger, our rent gets more expensive, our eating habits. So we go from eating at the diner to you know extravagant restaurants, right? And so this is what happens: we go from riding the train to you know exclusive cars. And so that was been the problem. And so. Um, last year in December when when they let me go at work I decided that no matter what I was never going to rob God of his money never again and so I began to tithe because we know that in the book of Malachi if you know where the book of Malachi is in between Genesis and Revelation the book of Malachi right it says it's the only place in the Bible that says test me in this where God tells us test me in this and see if I will not bless you test me it's the only place in the bible that God says test me in this and it is because it's a it's a heart thing it's our hearts our hearts are constantly thinking if I tied or if I give my money to the church or to God I'm not going to be able to pay my cell phone bill I'm not going to be able to pay to go eat at a restaurant I'm not going to be able to pay for this and so we're putting all of these things before God but I've made it I made a decision that I'm going to put God in everything in obedience first above anything that I'm thinking about anything that has enslaved me and, and because of that because of that I've been able to pay for matrix I'm already I'm already paid up in matrix I'm working now on the matrix part of the of the retreat now I'm already at the retreat part and it's only because I've decided to honor God in my obedience in in my in my tithing i've been able to just be able to god has allowed me to pay for all these things already and i'm already covered in it and again it's because it's an obedient heart and i've decided i will never again rob god of what already belongs to him and lastly i want to say also god has been ministering to me because of this of financial freedom for this entire church for my passes for the longest i've been i've been god has been ministering to me about pastor lisa for her to have financial freedom so that she can be in full-time ministry. Before, before the pastor spoke about it, it was already been in my heart since last year, and I'm saying, God, if you allow me, even I will fund it. Even I will fund it for my pastors and even for the leaders and for everybody in ministry. I would love to see everybody up here, including Javi. I always talk to Javi, and I'm like, man, it's just, if I was to see, how beautiful would it look for this entire church, for this entire leadership to be to have financial freedom and it starts with us tithing and giving offering and honoring God and I believe and I know that God will make it happen. Come on can we give God a praise in
1: this song? Come on I'm gonna ask you to get up on your feet and right before we get into the song of worship in two weeks in two weeks we have our heart to give Sunday and we believe that God has called our church to fund this vision. God's gonna fund it, but it's gonna be through the sacrifice, through the obedience, and through the generosity of this church. I don't know if we have that slide, but the slide by chance, if we have a slide that has the $50,000 for Harp to give and the $500,000 in the next two years. And so God has called our church within the next two years to raise uh, $500,000. And again, it's, it's not It's not beyond what God can do in our church. The truth is that it can all be accomplished if we all take one step of generosity. And so if you're not, if you don't give any, anything at all, we're just asking you to take a step and start giving something. Whatever God puts in your heart, whatever God's, or maybe you just, that's all you do. You come and you kind of, you give something regularly. Why Why don't you step up and become a percentage giver? And what that looks like is say, God, I'm going to start with the tithe. I make $500 a week, and I'm going to give you $50. And I'm going to be dedicated, and my heart is going to be settled on that. Or maybe you do tithe, and God is calling you to be a sacrificial giver. And then you're going to give your tithe and your offerings. And then obviously beyond that, you can. if you're here, this is where you live. You give your tithe, you give your offering every week. Maybe God is asking you to just take one step up. But the truth is that if every single person that called Christ uncensored their home began to obey God in generosity, if we, literally, if we chose, now let me tell you something. If you don't have, if you don't earn an income, then there is nothing in that sense. Because the Bible says that the tithe is from earned income. From the, work of, from the work of your brow, the sweat of your brow, right? So we're not, we're calling those that God has... Number one, call to this house. And number two, God has blessed you. God has blessed me. How many are blessed here? Like, God God has blessed me. God has blessed me. So I just want to be faithful with that. I believe that if with 100% participation, not 50%, not 40%, which is what it is right now, but 100% participation, that we can reach this goal of $500,000 within the next two years. Cause God has called us to be a church in motion. Someone shout it. Say church in motion. Say church in motion. Church in motion. People are catching the vision. Marlon is catching the vision. Yvette is catching the vision. And I'm praying that this entire church community, from the oldest to the youngest, from the most spiritually mature to the one that is not, will catch the vision that God has for us. If we step up in obedience... This vision will be carried out within the next two years. And so last thing, to jumpstart that vision, we have Heart to Give Sunday. Heart to Give Sunday is in two weeks. In two weeks, we've already started receiving the offerings of Heart to Give Sunday. It's already open in our Give So if you have the funds and and you say, I just want to give my heart to give, we have a campaign running on Give You can see the envelope there. It'll say heart to give offering. Um, And we believe that it can be raised. We can raise $50,000 in one day, March 15th. How many believe that with me? If you believe that with me, let's begin to worship God in this place.